Hi, and welcome to Math and Musings. I'm Mike O'Connell, creator of Math and Musings, and your host. Stay tuned for 15 minutes of science, politics, news, and opinion. In other words, Math and Musings. Today's date is Friday, March 3rd, 2023. I know that's cool, 3323. This is Season 3, Episode 9 of our show. Also cool, uh, 3.9, I'm, like I'm calling that 3 squared being 9. There's, I mean, 3s and 9s are nice anyway. They're, that's why baseball is so aesthetically pleasing. You got a lot of 3s and 9s involved. Like today's show, that's your math lesson for today. And in an uncharacteristic fashion... I won't even step on the saxophone solo right here. This is my friend Dan, playing the saxophone. Saxophone man, master of all things woodwinds, as a matter of fact. Uh, flute, clarinet, saxophone. Uh, Dan is a, uh, among other things, a professor at uh, SUNY Binghamton, Binghamton University, excuse me, where I went to college and a graduate of Syracuse University and will figure prominently in today's program, both the orange or orange men, as they were known in, in my youth and Dan's time as a student there. That would be uh, Dan Miller, at one time, drum major for the uh, Syracuse University marching band and, and played with the band uh, for several years, late 80s, early 90s, was the real like powerhouse Syracuse teams, football and basketball, when it was, you know, Bayheim and McPherson. Unbelievably, it's still Bayheim, and we'll get into more of that later. We're going to talk about a little college hoops today, because, yeah, it's March. March means one thing, and that is March Madness. I'm going to talk a little bit about um, the Cuse and my uh, history with them, and also uh, my first time. I'm going to talk about my first time going to the Carrier Dome, yeah, witnessing a Syracuse uh, University basketball game. This was uh, 1990, and long before we actually met one another, realized this later that, like, yeah, it, Dan would have been playing with the band at the time. The guy you just heard playing the saxophone and, and sort of here playing the saxophone every week on Vanguard Blues, which became the theme of this um, show. No, that, that was him playing with the Syracuse marching band that day, watching the Orange Men in action, February of 1990. I um, start today's show by uh, mentioning, because uh, I I should, every year, if you want to hear how I really feel this time of year, well, beginning of March has done two things for me in my life, incredible sadness and incredible joy. Listen to last year's First episode of March episode, I, I believe it was the, the ninth episode of season two. Listen to that one. It tells my story of how my best friend, uh, Joe Sullivan, was killed in a car accident on March 2nd, 2006. And um, I, I I still haven't gotten over it. And I, I tell the whole story uh, last year's episode. I'm not going to rehash the whole thing again. It's It's been said just... I would be remiss if I did not mention the passing of that very uh, sad anniversary. And then I should also mention this, that beginning of March 
has also given me great joy. It was March 5th, 2014. That was uh, the birth of my only child. Uh, Franklin was born on March 5th, coming up on uh, birthday number nine here for my boy. Going to be watching some March Madness uh, in the next few weeks. And my son has beaten me to uh, college basketball games. My son has already been to several because we live right down the road from George Mason University. We've been to, they call it Eagle Bank Arena now. We were even going there pre-COVID times and before its corporate name is Patriot Center back then. Uh, It was not until I was seven and a half uh, years old that I made it to a college basketball game. I I grew up with basketball. Basketball was a big deal uh, at my, well, not my high school, the high school I eventually went to. Because if you know the name King Rice, he's the head coach at Monmouth now and has been for a number of years. He was a star scholastic player in the mid-80s in the Binghamton region, heavily recruited all over the country, ended up going to UNC and played for Dean Smith at North Carolina, played in the Final Four in, I think, 1991 was his senior season. So he's high school in the mid-'80s, and then in college, late-'80s, early-'90s. So this same era that I was talking about, like we in the Binghamton area are watching the exploits of, of King Rice, but we're also watching the college that's just an hour up the road. And when I first got into sports, of told this story so many times it was like the end of the 1989 college basketball season happened to be the same day as opening day for the 1989 baseball season that was the first year that I followed baseball that I collected baseball cards that really brought me into it and it comes up in my family you know the uh, arguably the the most famous and certainly the, the biggest college basketball arena or college sports arena in the whole country is like an hour up the road. There's this place called the Carrier Dome or whatever it's called, whatever it's called now. And uh, at the time, it, it, set, it set records like every year as far as like greatest attendance. And, and Syracuse was number one in terms of college basketball attendance every single year. Um, from whenever the Carrier Dome opened until for quite a number of years after that, they had the highest attendance. Because in like in upstate New York in the middle of winter, what else are you doing other than going to a college basketball game? And it was a great time to be a college basketball fan. Of course, it would be. 1990 was was a big uh, big time to to uh, f- be following these things. Now, the the biggest story of the year meant nothing to me at the time. I think my parents probably shielded me from this this was this was the hank gathers year hank gathers was a star player for loyola marymount who i think he led the league in scoring and rebounding one one year which is just insane and uh led the league led led the country as a collegiate player loyola marymount used to um score more points than anybody in anybody's game in and every game they uh, they ran the ball let's let's say and uh, Hank Gathers was the player who collapsed on the court and died at the, the West Coast Conference, whatever conference Loyola Marymount was in when, during their tournament. And he, he died. They canceled the rest of the tournament. This was like right about this time, like first weekend in March, 1990. And 
Loyola Marymount went on a dream run without gathers in the NCAA tournament. They're led by Bo Kimball, who was also one of the uh, nation's top scorers. And he used to shoot that left-handed free throw at the beginning of each game to honor gathers. And so all this, all this meant nothing to me. I enjoyed watching my hometown Syracuse Orangemen and the UNLV running Rebels. It was uh, a dominating season for UNLV. They ended up winning the whole thing. Their 11-game winning streak to end the 1990 season was part of a 45-game winning streak. Now get this. UNLV won 45 games in a row in 1990-91 across two seasons. It was eventually stopped by Duke the following year. The longest since 1974, when UCLA, they had run off over several years an 88-game winning streak. That year, or that streak, was ended by the University of Notre Dame, led by Coach Digger Phelps. Now, my first college basketball game, February 17, 1990, at the Carrier Dome. I'm watching them play Notre Dame, led by Coach Digger Phelps. And this was a year, like, Notre Dame was kind of down. They, they played a tough schedule. Now this is back in the old Big East. Like, Syracuse was playing in the, the old Big East. And those of you from the 80s know, like, the real Big East of, of Syracuse and Georgetown and, and Providence and, and St. John's and Villanova. So that's, that's like the real Big East, not the thing that they have now, which is neither Big nor East anyway. And uh, Notre Dame wasn't was an independent, and Syracuse at the time they ne- so this is a non conference game. They never lost non conference home games. That is just unheard of. Until this one game I went to in uh, February of nineteen ninety, when Syracuse was stunned at the buzzer. I'll never forget this. You know, you, you never forget your first time that Syracuse stunned at the buzzer as um, Elmer Bennett. <laughs> Notre Dame legend Elmer Bennett hits a three-pointer to uh, give the Irish a one-point victory. Now, this is the Orangemen team of not only Derek Coleman, number one, later number one draft pick Derek Coleman, and then the following year, number three draft pick Billy Owens. It was actually Stevie Thompson who was their number one scorer that year. At least I'm looking at the program right now. Those three guys all averaged, you know, 18, 19 points a game. And then... I'm looking through the names. Mike Hopkins was one of the players on the team. Hopkins, who later was an assistant coach for Bayheim and was like the heir apparent to Bayheim, except Bayheim just kept the job forever. Hopkins eventually uh, took a, took another gig because got tired of waiting for Bayheim, I guess. And it was uh, it's a powerhouse team Syracuse had. They were in some polls number one before the whole thing started. They were number four at the time and unbelievably lost this non-conference home game. To Notre Dame, the game gave Notre Dame some, you know, a boost in the voters' minds and got them a spot in the NCAA tournament. Now, ironically, they lost in their first round game, 1990 NCAA tournament, to uh, the University of Virginia. Had they won that game, it was a 7-10 game. They were 10 seed. Had they won that game, they would have played Syracuse. Syracuse ended up uh, beating Virginia to go to the Sweet 16. Lost in the next round to Minnesota, but it's interesting that would have, they would have played each other again in the tournament 
had uh, Notre Dame beaten Virginia, which is my new hometown team. Funny how all these things come together. But it was um, the end of the game. The score was tied at 63, and Billy Owens hits a, a two-point basket to put the uh, Orange men up two. And there's uh, two seconds left on the clock. And uh, Digger Phelps is, is uh, arguing with the officials that there should be four seconds left on the clock. Officials change it to three. Digger's happy with that. Bayheim keeps screaming at the officials. Did I mention that Bayheim is still the coach there 33 years later? Anyway, Bayheim is screaming at the officials. Like, instead of coming up with the defense, and I mention this all the time, like my students do, like in other phases of your life, you'll see this. Bayheim is screaming at the officials about the clock, the one second on the clock, rather than coming up with the, with the defense, which could have been useful because in the next three seconds that happen, uh, Notre Dame throws the ball down court and Elmer Bennett hits a three-pointer at the end of the game and the Cuse loses by a point and just silence in the Carrier Dome. Like 30,000 people, not a peep in the whole place. It was unbelievable. Like, you know, Leprechaun runs across the court and like that's the only noise that's going on. It's unbelievable. Syracuse loses this game. I was heartbroken. I couldn't even, you know, the uh, Dan Miller and the uh, Syracuse band is playing taps after the game. I don't, I don't know. Um, but it uh, would have seemed appropriate. A funeral dirge. Yeah, call up that one. Tell the drum major. Anyway, it was, uh, I was still hooked on college sports. I really enjoyed watching the NCAA tournament that year. It started my obsession with uh, that tournament and the numbers. And the final game is it's the one where, UCLA, or UCLA, UNLV blows out Duke by 30 points in that final game. It was a total laugher. I just liked being able to stay up late. And uh, the incredible part was that was the year that, all right, it's Brent Mussenberger and Billy Packer on the call. And it was Mussenberger's last game for CBS and made a big deal about it at the end. Like, how many last games has that guy had? Like, Mussenberger's still announcing now. Um, and I've written about this on the blog too, and he's, he's still going now. But anyway, he is. Here's your hot take for the rest Mussenberger. He's he's the Jim Beheim of announcing, <laughs> or maybe Beheim is the Mussenberger of coaching. Anyway, I hope you have enjoyed this trip down uh, memory lane for me in my first college basketball game, February seventeenth, nineteen ninety. It was a heartbreaker, but I was still interested in sports thirty three years later. Ladies and gentlemen. You've been listening to Math and Musings. For more Math and Musings, well, you can go to MikeO'ConnellJr.com.